0: G'day, you're listening to Living the Dream, the podcast of the Hoo-Ha Group. You're here with John and Dave. And today's episode is Queensland, beautiful one day, workers' paradise, the next. And it's going to be a bit of a deconstruction, dissection, discussion of the recent Queensland election result and what that all means. Bye. Are sitting in Cooparoo, waiting for our burritos, possibly about to be hit by a cyclone. Giant cyclone, <laughs> <currently. laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. You should have brought your umbrella I from the office. I didn't bring my umbrella. Okay, I so that might, that might cut our show short we'll see. and give it we'll an authentic yeah. Queensland quality <laughs> if we get broken up Watching by, this by a cyclone. Alright, John, so as of Saturday, what do we now have in Queensland?
1: We have a new government. Not the government that we expected. We didn't end up contrary to our predictions on this esteemed podcast end up with the LNP government we are in fact we totally got it wrong yeah Yeah. I think a lot of people got it wrong including like all the main electoral analysts who all thought that it was more likely for there to be a hung parliament um, by um, independents or an LNP government than a ALP government we ended up kind of having a um (laughs) we ended up kind of having a, a hung um kind of ha- almost having a hung parliament in any case but we've ended up getting w- and one independent I believe Peter Wellington has managed to secure labour so 44 labour seat seats the... and one um, one Peter Wellington one independent two cutters of so the fantastically rural socialist agenda thank you which has been revealed um, That I don't think they'll end up having any power in this but I mean so why did we get it why did
0: we get it so wrong
1: hmm, well I think there's something in this about you know, as We've already talked a lot about the anti-politics thing, and it's quite mm-hmm. controversial. I don't agree with everything that's been said recently, but I do think that it's important for us to to think about this result as as, as reflecting like a broad disenchantment with politics. The fact that you know, Labour didn't win this election. Mm-hmm. Let's put it frankly, Labour didn't win this election. Their policy was they had very few policies. They had uh, basically a plan to sit, to, to sit on their hands economic, economically. Wise, um, they basically won on the fact that they are not handling human. Okay, so, so I
0: think this is really kind of interesting. Like I would yep. say that we got it wrong because we listened to the experts, hmm. right? We basically said that the, the, the experts in the political class, when it comes to elections, know what they're talking about. They predicted an LNP victory. Oh wow, the rain's really bucketing down. Wow. <laughs> they've <laughs> Predicted an, an LNP victory. Wow with a swing against them and we just accepted that Yeah. so part of I think what we have to kind of deal with why we got it wrong is because mm-hmm. the ex- experts don't know what's going on yep. yeah yeah um, oh, sorry and, and, and then that's got to be something about how we then interpret this election result
1: yeah I mean the experts getting it wrong seems to indicate something as well about just how much um, you know no one seems to understand what is happening with politics now politics it can't be read in the same as it used to be read where you can. You can look at, um, you know, people, how seats are going to go, historically speaking, where you can say, you know... Like, I, for one, was one of the ones saying in Queensland that there would be an LNP government for a very long time because, historically speaking, when a government wins in Queensland, they win for a few decades. Mm -hmm. So this is something... I mean... Aside from the aside from Borbidge in '96, this is a very rare event to end up with a government, a first term government out in, out in Queensland. But there is an argument out there yeah. that's been made in a number of different
0: places. And mm. I think probably one of the most prominent ones has been made recently by Lee Rhiannon, yep. who's a New South Wales Green member of the Upper House, mm. who had an article in New Matilda, mm-hmm. kind of like thinking the Queensland election yep. in relation to the Greek election of Syriza, yep. and saying. Basically, this is a popular rejection of privatisation of asset sales. Asset sales was the definitive issue. This is a rejection of asset sales. And not only that, this shows the kind of groundswell for a reborn social democratic, radical social democratic um, project. Yep. Yep. And when you read Lee Riannon's article, it's very yep. clearly she's making an argument. She's making an argument for the left in the Greens, like yep. she's doing a faction fight, yep. but she's also trying to recast the Greens as the inheritor of this politics. I've seen similar yep. arguments being yep. expressed online by members of the Cloudland Collective, by yep. members of um, Socialist Alliance, saying yep. that we should read this election result really positively yep. as a popular groundswell, a left voice mm-hmm. for reborn radical social democracy. What yep. do you think of this, idea?
1: Well. It- it's contradictory. It's, it seems to be like kind of the left's great fantasy of kind of looking overseas and saying, "Oh, look, this is the, the Australian left always so te- tend to look overseas and then read too much into things as well." So I think, um, on the one hand, obviously to compare the Labor, like Labor's election with, with, with Syriza's election in Greece is, is just ridiculous. The context is so thoroughly different, and there's you know significant social movements in Greece pushing. That were pushing for the election of of, of, of the Syriza government. There was a completely different context there of an extra parliamentary protest movement that were outside of politics as well. And we don't see any of that here. I don't think that we can read this as a, like, I know that I've, I don't fully agree with this analysis, but I think there's something in it to say that this wasn't a political result at all in Queensland. This wasn't something that reflects, you know, like, anyone. It doesn't reflect that, you know, the class are rejecting austerity in any real way. I think it, it, there, I think that what it is, it seems to be more like a rejection of politics in general.
0: I, I think, like, I want to make a kind of specific point here. I think yeah. it's like, after an election, there's kind of this tea leaf gazing that goes on. Yeah. Where people try to say, what is the meaning of the votes, right? Yeah. And there's all, and they often, like all these different political perspectives try to see a tight correlation between how people voted and what that means for a general political understanding without yeah. ever trying to ask people yeah. what they were thinking when yeah. they did the election, right? Like right. These attempts to, to interpret people's behaviour through yeah. voting, I think, is yeah. totally flawed, yeah. right? Unless you go up to people and yeah. ask them explicitly, yeah. why did you vote, yeah. or how did you vote and why, yeah. you're just trying to force quite a whole series of diverse behaviours yeah. into yeah. a small series of categories. Yeah, I think like the, the socialist left does this all the time because they have a really reductive understanding of ideology. Yep. You know, they say, like, if you read a magazine, and I'm one of yeah. probably one of the few people who does read yeah. Marxist Left Review, the theoretical <laughs> journal of <laughs> social You and 12 edited. other people. Yeah, well, outside the organisation. Yeah. They have this really reductive analysis, which is workers can support social democracy, yeah. the ruling class supports neoliberalism, and the middle yeah. class, whoever they are, yeah. flirt between the Greens and reactionaries, right? Like, yeah. that your material conditions yeah. totally over-determine what you think of the world. And I think in a broad sense, our ideas of the world are a complicated interrelationship inter- yeah, with our material conditions, yeah. but not in this really reductive way.
1: No.
0: So I think it's this total... fan. Like I think you could make the argument that assets were certainly talked about yeah. you know, quite yeah. a lot. A lot of people are hostile to asset yeah. voting, perhaps, right? Yeah, yeah, But how that fits into their own self-understanding is as complicated as anyone else, right? That's right. And what we yeah. haven't seen is the development of any kind of political movement that expresses no. a broader project. Yeah. We just have this kind of refusal, and then yeah. this panic by political commentators, yeah. and to use a term that my uh, that Caroline invented the other day, yeah. the comitariat, being <laughs> us, <Okay>. <laughs> like <laughs> attempting to like make sense of this without yeah. ever doing the investigation, right? No, like, the, the the population remains yeah. silent, and the yeah. political class desperately yeah. go through the tea leaves yeah, trying to yeah. come
1: up with an interpretation yeah. that fits their agenda we end up creating a reified analysis of a reified um, experience of, of going to the going to the election but going to the voting booth and, and, and putting a number next to a party and this is that reads a whole series of relation of social relations get read into this yeah. it's just very it's
0: part very of the ridiculous. radical critique yeah. to reject the idea yeah, that exactly parliamentary right. voting yeah. rep- represents an actual yeah. expression of popular will Yeah, right? you know
1: yeah. and It's unsurprising that these people are familiar with their masks. However, I mean, I mean, you've got to understand that 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 democracy is not a clear expression of people of of political interests. It's certainly not in the 21st century, where Labour stood for Labour went to the last election promising asset asset sales, and now they don't. I don't see how the party that three years ago promised asset promised to sell off assets is now going to be the the harbinger of some social democratic future. But
0: one thing that has come from the election yeah. is it's had national ramifications totally. and that's what's really interesting that yep. um, in this election yep. the Labour Party did commit to refusing asset sales mm-hmm. and just to give some of the context for to ram home this point mm-hmm. on a federal level Mm-hmm. The approach that the Australian state, mm-hmm. the state's role being to reproduce the conditions of capital accumulation, yeah. is saying that the challenges the Australian state has is how the state can fund itself and how yep. it can stimulate growth yep. after the mining boom. Yep. The central plank of that was asset recycling. Yep. You know, States would sell state-owned assets. They yep. would get some sweet money from the federal government. Yep. And then they would take the funds to help yep. facilitate public public-private partnership investments in infrastructure to stimulate yep. the economy. Yep. Now this plan is broken on multiple levels, right? Yep. The legislation federally still hasn't passed through Parliament. I think yep. it's currently there's a Senate inquiry going on in nor- yeah. the Northern Territory, which is
1: It'll take forever,
0: uh, yeah. and it's also mainly like the elements of the Labour Party ramming at home to the Liberals about how broken this is. Yeah. But with the election in Victoria and then with the election in Queensland, this yeah. basically, whether people vote, you know, whatever ideas people have in their head for a party that's come out and said we're, we're opposed to asset sales, yeah. this
1: strategy's now broken. Right? Yep. Yep.
0: And what's really interesting is that it's just thrown the national political class into disarray.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in recently reading the, the AFR seeing Joe Hockey say no, now basically we're not going to be an austerity government anymore I'm saying we're going to be a we're going to be a spend and a pump priming government basically the next budget is going to be going in, is going to be not be talking about cutting back on the deficits, getting into surplus, is just going to be having to be spending now Yeah, and 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 so so the voices of capital, right like I think it's the
0: Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry just came out basically supporting mild Keynesianism, right, going if you can't pay down the bills and build the roads just build the fucking roads, right Yeah, yeah (laughs) A couple of things I want to talk about here. One has been the complete meltdown in the media, right, (laughs) where pretty much (laughs) since the election... Mm. it doesn't matter what paper you're reading mm. there are these stern yep. kind of editorials yep. basically saying yep. that the population of Australia is shit yep. you know, there's yep. a column I think yesterday we in can't Australia, be trusted to
1: govern ourselves
0: well you, you get these things either which says uh, well Janet Albrechtson um, had a column in yep. Australia and I think it was yesterday or the day before yep. where she was like the problem is the problem with politics is the people yeah, you know, that yeah. we're not—we're too selfish, we're too greedy. We're not going to—we're not accepting these cuts for the is, is isn't that the
1: whole basis sort of like of yeah. and kind of liberalism though? Yeah. Like selfishness and greed are meant to be good things, but so but not is, on this case. this is this one is a lot of many contradictions. This is selfishness. <laughs> I think
0: Gary Johns, who used to be, I think, in the mm-hmm. Labor Party, is now associated with a Brisbane-based right-wing think tank, the Australian Institute of Progress. Yeah, uh, I think he had a column in the Australian Financial Review where he was basically said, "Look." let the crisis happen Mm. so people suffer so they learn right
1: it's kind is of like, like the crudest like, Stalinist Marxism yeah, as well, which but, is like, you know, people will suffer and then they will become revolutionary subjects. That, and the, this the, is the reverse,
0: the reverse of reverse. fascinating. But, it, but also, like, kind of reduce the level of, like, economics returning to its moral disc- to it being a mm. moral discourse. Yeah. This yeah. is about teaching people to suffer yeah. so yeah. they'll accept reform. So yeah. there's been an entire meltdown in the level of uh, yeah. the political class about this. This, I think, in some ways has contributed to, federally, mm. the breakdown in the political right. You know, yeah, so, yeah. What, how do you think the, the Queensland elections played out mm. with Tony Abbott's... Mm.
1: Uh, well, it, it, it hasn't helped him at all. <laughs> I certainly, I don't think anything could help him at this stage. Um, basically, the entire Queensland party turned against him as a result of this, and mm-hmm. that's significant amounts of the vote. Sorry, so just to clarify for sure everyone's aware, but there was a spill against Tony Abbott, which he won 61-39, to 30, yep. 39, that they wouldn't actually go to a spill. Um Effectively, kind of a guarantee in his leadership, but mo- a lot of those thirty-nine votes would have come from the Queensland Party, yeah. who were and very, very upset with his his style of his style of government. But, but also
0: that this project that yeah. he ran with is now broken, yeah. Yeah, right? Totally, yeah. And I think as well is like we're seeing a kind of I expect yeah. we're seeing kind of a fracturing of the yeah. political right in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing because who knows what's no. going to happen. No. Um, you know, the websites like Catalaxy, which uh, is the website for the hard neoliberal, you yeah. know, conser- like yeah. you know, paleoconservative, mm. you know, Randian's right is full of, you know, gnashing of teeth about, yeah. you know, everything yeah. that's wrong with Australia, yeah. pretty much. Um, yeah. So I think we could see some of these kind of factions playing out yeah. in the political class. But yeah. also, more importantly, there's no real plan B. No. Except, now I don't want to say that... Um, the reserve bank decision to lower the cash rate to 2.25%. So basically what that means is the reserve bank as the um, central bank by lowering its cash rate effectively is an attempt to make interest rates cheaper to encourage borrowing for both capital and for labour, right? Now, I don't want to say that they did this Mm. because of the Queensland election, but they've done this because the Australian economy is in such an increasingly perilous state, right? And so since, on a a federal level, I guess the, um, what we might call fiscal policy, Mm. the plans to reduced budget spending to facilitate infrastructure is now jammed, Mm. but it's monetary policy in terms of trying to make credit cheaper, which is the one kind of clumsy tool Mm. that's left to try yeah. to keep the Australian economy kind of sputtering along as the mining boom ends. And it's yeah. pretty limited, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of commentary that says that the, who knows that this will be successful. Mm. So what it essentially is about is trying to make sure that people will spend more, right? Yeah. That will yeah. borrow that's more right. on our credit cards, buy another house, you know, yeah. The, yeah. this kind of spending. So yeah. the, the debt will effectively be on our shoulders.
1: That's right.
0: So it's a really kind of... um you know, blunt tool in many ways. Mm. What it also is about is uh, an attempt perhaps to lower the value of the Australian dollar to make Australian exports more competitive overseas, Mm. which is effectively a way to think about it, a reduction of the working class in Australia's um, uh, effective income because we consume so much internationally, right? So, you know, if you buy stuff off the internet, the Australian dollar is going down. So in some ways, it is a way of effectively, like, pushing down the value of Australian wages in an attempt to make that form more better. But it's really blunt. you know, and and what's kind of more interesting about it as well is that they released... I forget the name of it. I'll just wait for that noise to go past. It's like a document that justifies their expenditure. Yep. You know, it looks at their forecasts for the Australian economy into the future, and, and it this already is the RBA, is it? yeah, the RBA yep, yep. it already factored in yep. future hmm. reductions of the cash rate. Yeah, so it was yep. pretty. Um, Tough reading mm. from the like predicting, you know, slowing growth, mm. further wages decline, mm. uh, really emphasizing the collapse in the price of of, re- of resources. Mm. Yeah. So I think from memory, like the price, the spot price of iron ore, so the price mm. that iron ore trades at, yeah. has dropped like fifty percent in yeah. the last year and sixty yeah. percent in the last three years yeah. from its high position. So what this effectively yeah. means is that you know, um, we're getting well, miners that are digging iron ore out of the ground are getting less for it this yeah. means less revenue for the government yeah. this means less profits for capital yeah. this means less growth yeah. this is a
1: real there's less skin. construction jobs yeah, Actually, it would, it's more significant to the mining in and of
0: itself it well totally because part of what the infrastructure uh, expenditure is all about is that yeah. since there's less mine construction infrastructure expenditure was meant yeah, to yeah. you know f- fill the void so all this is blocked now wow. yeah. and monetary policy is the blunt weapon used to try to keep this all ahead mm. I think that we've got to really take this really seriously because what's coming out of the mainstream capitalist institutions Mm -hmm. is a prediction of like long-term dwindling growth Mm. and you know the potential um, crises on the headline uh, on Mm. the horizons particularly um, what might happen in Europe yeah, um, yeah. how bad the Chinese economy actually is. There's more reports that are coming out in the yeah. in Forbes and the like that are looking at the actual level of Chinese debt. Yeah. So China's engaged in huge debt-led infrastructure expenditure, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is really massive. And this is all potentially a yeah. kind of dark days ahead um, yeah. for, for capitalism. And I think, of yeah. course, we live in capitalism, even though we want yeah. to overcome it. That's We're right. going to take that really seriously.
1: Yeah. This is interesting because I was just reading an article before, like, on the, the conversation... By an economist talking about Queensland and saying you know three tips for out um, of for out of stage. Is this by trade. Fabrizio? Yes, by yeah. Fabrizio. Yes. Yeah. So saying that basically that um, that one that well I think the main take home from it was you know that Queensland should be not afraid of debt. Yeah. That we should be happy to go into debt to spend our way out of the crisis. Basically, now. That seems to be at odds with what you've just said. Well,
0: well, I what's, the kind of argument that Fabrizio is making, right, yeah. is that it's and we should go into talking about um, the A, about what the ALP actually has planned for Queensland more effectively. So, yeah, yeah. on the level of mainstream debate, mm. the say the dominant position is that we need to pay down debt, mm. and there's like you know if you read it in the in the mainstream media often you get the argument we need to pay down debt because debt in itself is the cause or a threat to growth yep. Right? if you actually read the budget or the National mm. Commission of Audit they're yeah. more like we've got to pay down debt because debt is becoming increasingly unsustainable and it limits the ability of the government to act in times of future crisis yep. what Fabrizio is saying is that Debt is a subordinate consideration to growth. So it is worthwhile going into debt as long as you're going to encourage the kinds of growth that will lead to revenue increases that will eventually pay down debt. Does that make sense? So that's the kind of... And there's been a resuscitation of this kind of Keynesian argument um, at an international level. You know, there's papers coming out of the IMF that are effectively uh, making this kind of case. Hmm. You know you can question if this is effective yeah right uh, I haven't read it yet but there's a um, paper by an important Japanese Marxist called Ito yep. like come out maybe a year two years ago arguing against this and I'll, I'll link that to the bottom so this is the the other thing that's probably really interesting yeah we want to think about infrastructure which. Yeah. Is that on an international level, the um, IMF, not the IMF, the the G20 just met in Turkey with the central bank and finance ministers meeting. Interestingly enough, Joe Hockey didn't go, right? Mm. Now, the IMF is, uh, the G20 is one of the organizations, and the IMF in the G20 has been pushing for this, arguing for globally infrastructure as the thing to get the global economy out of its permanent secular stagnation. Mm. And one of the things they're, they talk about in this document, which is kind of mind-blowing, is, well, what we need to develop is the kind of tools on a global level to effectively allow the securitisation of infrastructure risk as a way of funding projects. So, how can we organise lending to governments that we then package and securitize that debt so it becomes a profitable, tradable asset? So, if this gets off the ground, this might be the out. You know, yeah. for uh, the, for governments all around the world that can't yeah. fund things through yeah. asset sales. So does that mean they'll
1: give money to governments and they'll securitize that against the actual infrastructure no, they will build? No idea.
0: There, there okay. is um, uh, a Standard and Poor's, which is a rating agency. There is a, a PowerPoint slide I printed up on okay. how to uh, how to judge infrastructure debt and why yeah. it's really appealing, but I didn't read it. Okay. So, you So well, it's f- future reading. But this is what's happening on a global yeah. level, and they're yeah. also very much talking about um, the World Bank. The IMF, mm. uh, and then this new global infrastructure facility, which I think is actually gonna be based in Sydney, mm. which will be an international organisation trying to mm. pull right, funds was, from the World Bank and the like and to lend it into the last year so, yeah. so this is you know playing out on an international level too. Yeah. Whether it will work yeah. is unclear. But for yeah. those kind of voices in Australian capital that are now like yeah. like screw paying down the debt, yeah. let's just build the roads. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Earlier this week, um, business leaders in Queensland did meet with Anna Bly. Yep. And, uh, not Anna Bly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anastasia Anastasia, Yeah, Anastasia Anastasia Palaszczuk.
0: Palaszczuk. That's terrible,
1: isn't it? Uh,
0: Anastasia uh, uh, Palaszczuk. And the newly elected Labour government does have a plan to build a thing called. Building Queensland, is that it?
1: Yeah, there's some sort of commission to have a commission called Building Queensland. Which will be the organisation that will work out the
0: infrastructure construction. Yeah, And the the business leaders basically said, do this, Yeah, We still want the infrastructure to happen. Abbott was in Queensland yesterday, and he said there'll still be federal funds for infrastructure. But maybe we should move more concretely to talk about the ALP on a Queensland
1: basis. Okay, yeah. So... We need to then move on to talk about our, states, our state, our assets, and what that rather slim document okay, actually so, means. Okay, so, John,
0: you recently re- re-read our state, our assets. What's it about?
1: Well, effectively, they're arguing that the debt, as it's understood, as it was presented by... This is a bit of an overview from another show we already did, yeah. but basically um, that the debt that the Newman government... Bandied about, it was like a gross debt as opposed to a net debt. To put mm-hmm. it put it bluntly, the net debt is actually the the debt owned by owned by um, the government, while all the other debt, all the, the gross operating debt, is owned by all the other government corporations. Mm-hmm. So what they want to do basically is recycle revenue, which is made by government-owned corporations, into incredible amounts of debt. Like somehow mm-hmm. the two energy providers are in ten billion dollars of debt. That mm-hmm. these they make a profit, which is given to the government. So instead of investing this money in the general budget expenditure it's gonna be used to pay down debt. Okay, so right I think there's,
0: there's two really interesting things about this. Yes. I think one they also make a commitment over the next ten year period yep. to pay make, you know, one off two one off payments mm-hmm. to pay down the debt. Yep. Now the debt as we understand it at the moment is, is eighty three billion dollars. Yeah well the they we're said we're it was eighty
1: three, the I think the labor was like so this figure thirty six. Thirty six, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now it, before we get into it actually um, but it's kind want, of like thirty six, eighty seven 87, it, it's like it's, amounts of money that we can't really
0: fathom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to um, talk about this document that I found called Economic and Fiscal Challenges, Interim, Interim Results of Medium-Term Modelling, March 2014. So this was modelling done by the Treasury. Yep. Now, a caveat here, yep. I think that the kind of basic under, underlying understandings of this document yep. don't actually yep. match with real-world capitalism. Yep. Right? So a lot of economic mod- modelling gets done. Yeah. I would question the model that the modelling is built on right so basically what they do they go how do we estimate labour force participation, productivity, and population. Yep. Let's add them together. Yep. Think about the global conditions, yep. and that will give us a projection of global yeah. of, of what the growth rate is. Yep. So they are predicting over the next 10 years yeah, an yeah. average of about 3% state growth. Yep. They're still working on that figure of 2015-2016, a yeah. spike yep. of, of gross gro- uh, state debt to 5 to 6%, right? That's bullshit. We don't think that's going to happen. No. But even on these optimistic figures, yeah. what they're saying is that, well, what will the revenue hmm. be coming in be? Yeah. If we, What will the expenditure be if we want to maintain our general levels of services with an yep. aging population? Yep. And they predict that even though there'll be a fiscal surplus to the budget, yep. I think 2015, 2016, yeah. it's going to go back into deficit, and yeah. then there's just growing debt thereon. Yep. So yep. this is the Treasury's modelling mm. built on a, on a model that I don't think is a fantastic model and built on estimates I think are o- overly o- optimistic. Mm. They're predicting over the next 10 to 20 years yep. continuing state debt. Yep. Now, while we might disagree with the right-wing argument that this is suddenly going to throw things into crisis, yeah. this is certainly saying that the state is going to have difficulty mm. funding social reproduction. Right? So I think that's yeah. something really important to emphasise. Yep. Um, sorry. Sorry. I'll flip back to you or no no I mean continue the other thing that I want to kind of make the point about our state our assets so what's its main claim say okay well these government owned corporations like Mm. energetics, we're going to try to to get the biggest amount of profit from these organisations to pay off our debt Yep, so the yep. fact effect, okay what does this mean yeah. right they make a lot of nice comments about how you know we won't cut staff and these kind of yeah. things but we think things can be more rational yeah. so in other words an intensification of exploitation yeah. in state government owned corporations yep. to give money to finance capital yep. right
1: that's what yep. it is and you taking know, money out of the budget as well that doesn't really get explained in the budget ring
0: fence. Yeah. right
1: like, where does this where does what happens to all of this state expenditure? Like, they're obviously getting less taxes, tax returns and royalties from the resources, and now they're going to be getting less income from these government-owned corporations. So but what does that mean for the bottom line? That doesn't seem to get discussed. No, I was having a conversation. Kind of I was
0: having, totally, no, I was having a yeah. conversation with Rob, and, yeah. like, a point that he raised yeah. was, um, you know, you think about the Electrical Trade Union, right? The ETU, yeah, yeah. which have effectively campaigned for the ALP government. Yeah, yeah. Campaign for a government whose basic position is we will further we will t- increase attempt, attempt to increase the Exploitation of your yeah. members yeah. to pay the profits of finance capital.
1: Yep, yep. that's the strategy, yep. right? <laughs> and they they went along with it, of course, because you know what
0: else are they going to do.
1: <laughs> and I and I think the other, but I guess it's
0: it's something that's not even on the agenda at the yeah, moment, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, why do I, I want to say this? It's not on the agenda because the dominant left position yeah. was just opposition to austerity. Austerity is happening, even if you yeah. would call it austerity, maybe it wasn't. Austerity yeah. is happening yeah. because basically conservative governments have lied to us about debt. Yep. What we're actually seeing is the debt is real. Yep. You know, even if maybe not like as mm. as exaggerated yeah. as those governments are happening, Instead it's of, going to grow. Yeah. And the current elected government yeah. is subordinating its policies because yeah. it has to, yeah. right? Because it has yeah. to, because it has yeah. to borrow money, you know, to keep on functioning as a capitalist state is subordinating its policies to guarantee the profits of global finance capital. And I want to say another caveat there what I'm saying here isn't based on some kind of opposition between finance capital bad productive capital good. You you can only have the making of shit because people are lending money, right? You're just rejecting that position. But that's core Mm -hmm. to the ALP government and that's what we should expect to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, and how is that any different to the so-called austerity of, 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 of asset leasing? Like, basically intensifying the exploitation of, of workers in, in, in service of finance capital. Sounds completely like, that sounds completely like austerity to me. Well, well,
0: again, this is about like saying what's the point of antagonism yeah. is the point of yeah. antagonism between yeah. state and market yeah. or is the point of antagonism between you know capitalism as a society yeah. and labor as the force that is exploited but potentially yeah. can resist it right yeah, and i yeah, think yeah. that that's key now i we will see how that plays out, yep. right? You know, we we will see. We'll have yep. to pay a close amount of attention yep. to what does this actually mean. What are the yep. struggles that emerge from it? How does it yep. play out in yep. public services? Yep. Anything else that the ALP seems to be committing to that's okay. worth commentary? Um,
1: briefly, environment and the Galilee Basin. Okay, crucial. Tell anything? us about it. Okay, so the this is just this is interesting because well like we said at the outset the labor government wasn't promising any major environmental initiatives because they're so beholden to the resources industry just like the liberals are but what they're promising basically is cutting back massively on the amount of spoil dredge spoil is going to be dropped dumped in the barrier reef okay and they're going to cut the amount of um of, of, of tailings from coal is that what you call it tailings from, from from the coal mines they don't want that to go on the bank on the basin on the um on the Barrier Reef anymore, they're going to find some inland to put it, and they're also not apparently going to be building the infrastructure that the that the Liberals were going to build.
0: So the LNP had committed to basically subsidising yeah. the railway to ex- yep. export the coal, yep. and also to I think an upgrading of the port as That's well. That's
1: right, yeah, and I and I think that the large the, the finance capital who were it is like the Indian finance capital who were who were doing this actually were. Too beholden to the fact that they, the, the liberals were going to build this stuff, they're going to do it anyway. Okay. they they, they, they it was just a complete handout. It seems. Okay. big Business like. But what's the ALP's attitude to the mine itself? Mm, well, that's unclear. They're very unclear. Like, I know the Business Council wants it to go ahead. I know the Cattle Party wanted this sort of thing to go ahead, even though they have such a contradictory relationship to mining and their and and resource extraction in general. But I don't think that we have a clear perspective on what on their position on the mine in general, like because they're going to put that probably to their commission, but also another interesting thing tied into this is they're going to investigate, they want to wipe out um, 100% FIFO, which is fly-in fly-out workers in these mines.
0: So guaranteed a certain amount of yeah. employment is it's likely locally based. Locally based yeah. Now, this is really interesting because yep. it is my understanding that opposition to the Galilee Basin mine yeah. yep. is probably going to be the next big fight for yeah. a lot of voices in the environmental movement, movement yep. right? Opposing the mine both in itself through its yep. destructive effects, but also as a way yep. of opposing climate change. Yep. So, you know, finding out what the state government's attitude to this mm. is, yep. is going to be really interesting. And if, yep. you know, oh, I think it's great that tailings yep. won't be dropped on the Great Barrier Reef, yep. but if this is enough to kind of placate certain yep. sections of the environmental movement, is <laughs> mm. this a form of greenwashing? Yep. You know, so that's pretty interesting mm. but also you know i think the environmental movement has kind yeah. of opposed mining for the last 20 years in the context yeah. of a mining boom yeah what are going to be the challenges yeah to environmental struggles which i think are really crucial right yeah really yep. Crucial for anyone that wants to yeah. live in the world that we live in yes in the context in the of rising unemployment mm. right and yep. how that is going to change yep. the contours yep. of how people it's- will that like Will the resistance to this be able to mm. be maintained yep. or will the kind of bribe of work to come, mm. which is a real bribe because people need to work, mm. right? You That's know, right. like yeah, yeah, you live definitely. in capitalism, you've got yep. to pay the bills, you yep. know, that matters. Yep. You know, will this kind of yep. uh, you know, dampen environmental yep. activism or will it be yep. able to move yep. into something more?
1: Definitely, and just on that point of, like, kind of the jobs thing is that, you know, there's already been a significant amount of jobs lost in the mines in the last 12 months, I understand, like, at least 60,000 mining jobs have been lost, mm-hmm. largely replaced with construction jobs. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. that's interesting as well, like, so, obviously, also, like, mining's not going to be the key place where a lot of the surplus labour is getting employed. Yeah. If there is surplus labour in Australia, yeah. it's, 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 it's obviously not, like, where everyone's going to be going anymore. Yeah.
0: So I think that, I think that's really that's really interesting and, and yep. really kind of crucial and yep. we should pay attention to how this unfolds. Yeah, definitely. you know, like we, some yep. of the feedback we got to the previous shows yeah. was you know questions where people were saying it would be really more interesting to be interesting mm-hmm. to see if you could, you know rather than just talking about the miracle yeah, to yeah. actually pay yeah. some attention to yeah. what is actually really happening on the ground. What are the struggles yeah. that are actually going on? Yeah. And I think um, Shane, who was asking about that, was really interested in kind of in our lives, in our workplaces, in our communities, not yeah. necessarily particularly big fights, but yeah. the Galilee Basin is going to be a big fight. Yeah, That's how it looks like it's shaping up. And yep. I think at um, the word from Struggle Street and at this um, podcast, we should mm. really pay some attention to, mm. to right. the Galilee Basis Next Basin pass. Struggle. Next task. Yeah. Good. Anything else from the... The, what we uh, expect from the now. Elected a
1: few relatively minor things. Um, I think Ava, Ava Cox made a good point a few days ago, saying basically that just because, I mean, it, it's, to put a caveat, it is great that you know the new government is majority has majority women in the cabinet. It's the first indigenous, the first indigenous minister in the yep. Queensland government. This is all fantastic, but historical experience doesn't indicate that just because it's a, a large amount of women in, um, in, in, in. Um, in government, that this is going to have a, a positive effect on sort of feminist policy. Yeah, like I mean, we see that best with obviously Gillard, you mm-hmm. know, a, a making misogyny speech on the one day, and then the next cutting massive amounts of spending for um, on single uh, single mothers. Yeah.
0: So, what's what's the takeaway lessons from our fir- from this
1: podcast? From this podcast. We were wrong. We were don't wrong. Go, yeah. Don't listen yeah. to experts. Don't listen to experts. Ever, the experts yeah. don't the experts know what's going are on. Increasingly divorced from whatever constitutes political reality, seemingly yeah. now. And yeah, don't listen. Don't don't read opinion polls. The
0: the, the, the main strategy yep. for capital accumulation yep. seems to be broken. Yep. Yep. W- will infrastructure as the alternative be able to be resuscitated just on the basis of debt? Yep. Yep. The, the elected ALP government on a state level faces very real problems to yeah, function yeah. Yep. simply to reproduce capital accumulation Yep. dropping economic growth increasing debt its yep. main strategy so far seems to be the increased exploitation of workers in government owned corporations mm-hmm. that's going to be really interesting what yep. fight yep. will so happen there so
1: one, that's one particular place where we're going to be looking and the other place is so I suppose environmentalism yep. looking at what's going to happen with the Galilee base. I know that lots of environmental groups are gearing up for a bit of a struggle with this. Yep. If it goes ahead, I think we need to look really closely at what the Labour government is actually going to be doing. And I seriously doubt that there's going to be too much change to the policy. Yeah. And, and also, what role will the unions,
0: those yep. most ambiguous of organisations, yep. take with this new ALP yep. government? Yeah, right? And yep. that then also yep. is another question too, yep. um, which is those of us that are members of unions... Yeah. What can and possibly will we do? Mm. And for the vast majority of workers who aren't in unions, mm. what can possibly yep. they do? You That's know, right. interestingly, two interesting observations. Yeah. One is that federally, the ACTU are planning, I think, a yeah. day of rallies, okay. March 4, I think yeah, it is, yeah. yep. against yep. The, productivity, the federal government's... Um, instruction to the productivity commission to look into industrial relations laws. Yep. A rally is planned in Brisbane. Yep. So far nothing on the Queensland Council of the Unions website about it. Yep. We've received no, no notification nothing from at all. our union together. Nothing. Yep. I, I on the other hand though um, I've been in contact with our with together again with our together union again. and we might have like maybe we should do some kind of a podcast <laughs> on a like for you know our experiences attempting to you know in the very specific and kind of interesting workplace we're in and the composition of the workflows we're with Mm. what it means in these kind of quiet times to attempt some yeah, kind of definitely. workplace organisation. Maybe that'll yeah. be something we can look into in in the future. So yeah. there's some really interesting stuff there. Oh, mm. the other thing as well, May Day's coming back.
1: May Day's. Oh, that was I, that slipped right by me. So that so they re, they moved it back to May. Okay, so May for, Day stays in bloody May.
0: So May Day um, for people who don't live in Queensland, Queensland is one of the few states, if not the only state, the only state, yeah. until recently, had a public holiday for May Day, and therefore yep. had one of the largest union rallies. Mm. Right. The yeah. LN moved that holiday. Yeah. Um I don't know if it's going to be back in time for this year or next year.
1: Yeah, well, I do well, need to gazette it. it's a complex process. I, at least a year, I, I
0: really love the May Day Rally. I think yep. it, it presents all the contradictions of the unionised workforce yep. which we are part of in yep. one big barbecue space yep. in terms of a rally and a big yep. barbecue. Yep. But it's better to have than not have it. Right, definitely. so definitely. I think it's you know it's it's an interesting and important day. Yep. All right, I think that's it for what might be part one. We might do it more might episodes.
1: We've we, we've definitely pointed at a few interesting things to unpick. Yep, in future, um, and we just hope to see. I don't think there's going to be an awful lot happening in the next few months in Queensland, given that it'll take everyone a while to figure out what actually is going to happen next, yep. given no one really expected what happened. Yep. Yeah, and, it's, it happened and what, what, that,
0: what that will yeah. actually mean. That's right. You are listening to Living the Dream, the podcast of the hoo Group. You can find us on our blog, thewordfromstrugglestreet.wordpress.com. Any final words, John? I'm going to take this no alright we're going to try to get back to our office before the cyclone blows us all away we've got a a small reprieve
1: yeah and for those of you
0: that are Queensland listeners uh, stay safe